0: Let's
1: go. Uh, Yep. Go ahead. Three, two, one. And good morning, everyone. Welcome in to a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Sunday morning. Our new time coming at you every Sunday at 7 a.m. I'm Steve Cashel, joined as always by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Our producer is Shane Reardon. A reminder, you're invited to tune in to our Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can listen to current and past shows. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. And Dr. Cole, I hope you're doing well on this weekend. And let's get right into it because we've got a great guest on the phone with us, one of your partners from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, the MLB season underway couple hiccups here and there we've seen, but baseball is back on board. We're happy to see that. And Dr. Verma, um, if you can, take us through what it took to get this season back going and with MLB's own uh, protocols.
0: Well, guys, thanks again for having me, and uh, it's great to be here. There's so much uh, great topics to discuss with everything that's going on in this pandemic. You know, it is awesome to see baseball back online, but it really took a fairly Herculean effort uh, to get even where we are today. And I think that the Major League Baseball uh, Commissioner's Office, as well as the Team Physician Association, and the team physicians who were involved in all the decision-making did an amazing job of putting together a very thoughtful protocol about how to, how to make it as safe as possible for players and how to uh, handle different types of situations like positive tests as they come up.
2: Um, Nick, you know, g- give us a, a brief overview. I, you know, um, there's every every sport has fundamental differences. Um, we, we, we in the NBA, you know, we have a bubble where we're sort of limiting people coming in and out. and They're all in one place. You know, for the listeners who may not know, what's the sort of structure of how? I know, I think you're talking about uh, uh, 60 games, if I'm not mistaken, going into September. Um, Correct. And, you know, the basic structure, where they're going to play and how they're going to travel, you know, how what what does that look like from an architectural yeah. point of
0: view? So it's a little bit different than basketball, Brian. As you know, basketball was a little bit easier to put everybody into a bubble and play in uh, a single or or a group of stadiums in a single city. Uh, the problem with baseball for doing that is to just find a city that with enough stadiums to accommodate the games. And for the length of time that the season was, was going to take place over – Uh, just didn't make it feasible. So really what what baseball elected to do was to allow uh, teams to use their home stadiums if the local governance uh, allowed for it. And the one exception has been, uh, as you all know, uh, Toronto, where the government said we're not comfortable with players going in and out of Canada uh, for games. And so Toronto's playing in Buffalo uh, at the moment. But each, each uh, jurisdiction, let's call it, or city has governance over their stadiums. And if we get to a situation where a certain city doesn't feel that it's safe to play, um, then we'll have to cross that bridge, likely with that team moving to a, uh, a minor league ballpark in, in another state that's safer.
1: Again, visiting yep. with Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox Sports Medicine Weekly. On an injury front, Dr. Verma, what challenges do you see for these major league players as far as uh, sore arms? Uh, it is a different season, or is it pretty much the same where you're optimistic that a lot of these guys can, can stay injury-free with a shorter season?
0: Yeah, I think that's been all of our concerns,
1: Steve. And, you know, the biggest one is is really the fact that they,
0: they had a – let's call it two-thirds of spring training or, or at least a half of spring training, and then there was a shutdown. And then there was a, a really quick ramp-up after that to get back to play. And so I think no matter what sport we're looking at, whether it's uh, the time off in baseball, the time off in basketball, the time off in hockey, what we're really worried about is, is going from uh, low loads to high loads over a rapid period of time where we, uh, we have some concern that we may see things like uh, hamstring strains or pulls Um, elbows becoming sore, having problems with uh, elbow ligament injuries, uh, potentially even uh, things like ACLs, et cetera, in basketball or other sports. I'll tell you, from the start of the season, and we're now probably just over four weeks in in baseball, knock on wood, we've been pleasantly surprised that we have not seen a huge um, uh, injury outbreak, so to speak. And I think it's really a testament to the players who were really on top of self-policing or not even policing, I shouldn't say, but of taking care of their bodies and doing what they needed to do to make sure they were ready to go when the restart happened. Um, And so uh, we've been fortunate in that we haven't seen that. I think the one area where we do see a little bit of a struggle is particularly in the starting pitching um, and uh, whether those players or those pitchers are able to go as deep into games as they normally would. uh, And I think that that's probably putting a little bit of extra load on the bullpen. Uh, But, again, Major League Baseball was thoughtful about this in in allowing for uh, a a higher number of roster players to begin with. We started with uh, 30, and we'll taper towards 26.
2: Curious um, from a coverage point of view. I know I'm not going to be covering any games. Was there? There's just a couple individuals now going to be covering. Is that is that correct? Just to sort of keep it as a small group so we can control who's coming in and coming out. Um, how, how's that going? What's you know what's been delegated and and then as far as you know testing goes, I know that you know you're you have to be tested on a some regular basis. Just give us sort of an overview of how that's working
0: out. Yeah, so as you know, Brian, with the, with the bull season and for us with the baseball season, none of us, neither of us could do what we do individually as head team physicians. And it takes really a team effort to make sure that the, uh, the team gets the coverage that they need and the medical support that they need. So typically, during a regular season, we would have about five to six orthopedic surgeons and five primary care docs who would be uh, circulating in and out for day of game coverage just to make sure someone was there. Uh, if an injury had happened, either on the orthopedic side or, for example, like a concussion injury, would be handled by primary care. Um, Because of the new situation with really wanting to have very controlled access to players and limited risk of transmission, uh, we have uh, been restricted in terms of the number of people that can have locker room access, so to speak. Baseball has done that on a tier system, so anybody who has direct access on a day-to-day basis is considered tier one, and that's the same tier that the players are in. And so we have three orthopedic surgeons and three primary care docs who are going to handle all of the coverage and all of the care of the team. And we're on the same testing protocol as the players are, just to make sure that um, as we come in and out of the locker room, that we're not putting a player at risk um, from, a, from a COVID standpoint.
1: Dr. Verma, continued success. Appreciate your insight today here on Sports Medicine Weekly.
0: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
1: That's Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Let's move on.